Hey there, listener. Welcome back to this Brown Girl's Guide to episode three. Honestly, I've been having so much fun creating this content for y'all, and I really hope that so far it's been useful. I have a lot I want to share, so I'm trying to keep it in meaningful little bites that you can snack on while you run or are trying to find some productive content to listen to with friends or you're on your way to work. I'm excited to already be seeing some feedback. So again, I'm throwing out another shout out to email me for ideas, questions, thoughts, stories, and more at thisbrowng3 at gmail.com any day, anytime, anywhere. Now, before we begin, I have to share a little secret. If you didn't piece this together from what I shared about myself in episode two, I will tell you now. I am an environmentalist at heart and soul. So everything I do is because I love the planet, the other beautiful creatures whom we are privileged to share it with, and I wish to shed more light on the non-human animal world in my life. Therefore, throughout this podcast, I will be making it a point to spotlight ethical companies, environmental groups that work in any environmental level or theme, NGOs, scientists, environmental leaders, and more. You will get to know more about ethical and sustainable clothing companies, ethically harvested coffee alternatives, NGOs that take care of endangered sea turtles, and scientists saving the world, as well as so many more cool people and groups that are doing incredible things for our planet and thereby for humanity. I hope that throughout our journey together, you will be curious to check these organizations out and really support them for their incredible, honest, and radically compassionate causes. Be on the lookout for these spotlights during future episodes. Okay, my spiel is over. Now time for the actual stuff you came here for. Grad school. Yay. (laughs) Honestly, this topic is so huge, what I'm about to talk about, that I've had to spread it out into two episodes, and even two episodes is not nearly enough to cover it. Applying to graduate school. So, applying to graduate school, (laughs) deep breath, is a highly demanding process. Over the last few months, my LinkedIn and other news feeds have had the frequent quote, I am so excited to share that I will be pursuing my master's at X university and other notifications. And it makes me really happy to see people pursuing their dreams through, their, through the journey that is grad school. However, that one message comes, you know, with so much hidden work, lots of struggle, lots of unknowing and guessing, some money is involved, drafts and drafts of essays, GRE scores, and more. When I was applying to graduate school, which I actually did twice and more to come on that in the future, I was given all kinds of advice and feedback, all kinds of outlooks, both positive and negative, and I had a huge checklist of things to get done to actually even have a competitive chance at a school of my choice. During that process, I had professors share articles with me like 10 tips to help you win at grad school. And honestly, those lists were very helpful and practical, but there was so much more about this process where these lists fell short of for me. Why, you ask? Well, I am a person of color, and for anyone BIPOC, This grad school process is also quite a different process and experience and challenge. I'm going to break this down for all audiences, but for my BIPOC brothers and sisters, I'm sprinkling in some more specific content for listeners like you. But I hope this will be helpful for everyone. First things first, understand why you want to pursue grad school. 
please do listen to episode two if you want to delve into this further. But the truth is, none of what I'm about to rant about will matter unless you've given it thought that this is what you would like to go for. Now, notice that I'm not saying you must know or you must be sure. Of course not. But you must have given it thought enough thought that if you actually did pursue this route, even if you just applied and you didn't really know exactly what you wanted to do, that at least you have some idea of the pros and cons, the sacrifices and the rewards, and how it can actually help you later on in life. Second, start early and keep as many spreadsheets (laughs) as you feel you need to, to stay organized and to have a plan. I know, I know it sounds boring and I'm sure you just felt all your muscles tighten up and your thumb is lingering on the pause button of this podcast at this point. But this really is an understated and critical feature of being prepared. Whether you wish to pursue a master's or a PhD, and more coming very soon about these two degrees and their significant differences and similarities, this is going to be so important. And furthermore, if you're listening to this podcast right now and you're like, well, thanks, I'm listening to this in November and applications are due in December, so I'm totally screwed. No, you're not. And that's the third lesson. There is always a way to create a new plan if you keep things organized. The process of applying to grad school is time consuming and involves many important steps before you ever see your first application. Once you begin the application process, you will have to keep track of many important dates and deadlines, regardless of whether you're listening to this in February or November of a given year. And remember, a lot of these behind-the-scenes dates and deadlines, they're personal. They're not just for the school. They're for you to succeed. And I will delve into that more soon. The fourth thing I'm going to share is yet another secret about myself. In all honesty, in Full honesty, I don't consider myself a genius at anything at all. (laughs) I'm not the world's best researcher or dancer or singer or thinker, even though I do all of those things. But this is something that I think, and as, as a person of color especially, it's really helped me gain insight. And as I currently draft my own applications for huge grants, this is a tactic that I implement on a daily basis, and it's never going to stop being relevant to your life in general. You ready? Bug people. No, don't insert a device in their house or a virus into their laptops. But yes, email them, seek them out, research them. For me, my role models were other women and men of color in my own fields of interest. For me, those were also other peers and friends who were seeking to go down this path, but had had different experiences. For me, that meant having people review my essay drafts and talk to me about their experiences. But here's the catch. Most people say network, so this is not probably not new to you. But the most important thing about networking is not networking. And I'll give you an example. After months of doing the right networking, I found myself not only loaded with more information and and an understanding of many peers, friends, and other people's routes, but I also found myself with a handful of people really rooting for me. A team. A team that wanted to know what I was going to do. A team that wanted me to check in with them on what schools and programs I was thinking of down the line much after we spoke. A team that saw how interested and passionate I was and that I knew was rooting for me. 
And I think this is the biggest takeaway from networking, even more so if you happen to be of a minority labeled group. It's not just about the networking, but about finding a community that wants to see you succeed. And I'm not saying it's easy. I honestly had to sort through many people who did not care a whole lot for me or about what I was doing, as well as for people who really didn't want to take time to talk to me. Those no's are okay, because you're going to find the people who say yes. And I cannot tell you how invaluable it was when I finally did find those few handful of folks who were the reason I actually made some key decisions and changes during my graduate school application process, actually including my decision to deny spots at world-class universities, more to come on that later, which helped me get to the grad school that I am at today. So, bug people. Bug diverse, compassionate, inspiring, and thoughtful people. Research them well in advance before you do that, have multiple conversations with them before you pick your team. So in summary, you get to pick a team and it's only you that gets to do that. Okay, so I wanna dive further into a lot of the topics I just introduced to you in these last few minutes, but it's only gonna make sense with the context of what types of graduate degrees there are in the first place. Now, as you probably know, The umbrella categories are master's degrees and doctoral degrees. Master's degrees are the most common, statistically, in the United States and typically consist of one to two years of study. They cover a variety of disciplines. If you're interested in the humanities or arts, it's um, a master of arts or a master of fine arts, an MA or an MFA degrees that are the most common. If you're interested in science or tech, then a master of science, an MS, is likely the way. If you're interested in business, then you're probably looking at a master in business administration or an MBA. All of these programs tend to combine very structured coursework along with what's called independent study, where you do your own research and are often supported by an advisor. And then at the end of usually the one to two years or maybe even three in some cases, they require you to submit a thesis in order to fulfill the requirements of the given program. And I will definitely talk more about theses in the upcoming episodes. If you want to know more about these degrees, I actually recommend checking out an online resource called The Best Schools. I think the website is thebestschools.org. If you check out their degrees section and then go into the types of master's degrees, you'll get a thorough sense of all of the more detailed subdivisions of these degrees, including the Masters of Arts, Education, Science, Social Work, Public Administration, and Public Health. And there are detailed descriptions of each one as well. One thing to know is that in recent years in the United States, MBA programs have actually increased in popularity due to their reputation for assisting candidates in developing skills that will help them advance in their careers, but also in understanding the business side of things. And honestly, business is kind of relevant for any field. It's also known that in the case of some MBAs, graduates typically earn, on average, roughly 45% more than candidates with only a bachelor degree, according to Fortune magazine. Typically, to build off of episode two, you would also seek to get a graduate degree if you wish to be more competent for more demanding or higher paying jobs. So that's a huge benefit. 
Of course, a lot of master's degrees do cost money, so we can delve into this more in future episodes where I discuss scholarship, funding, and money in the graduate school space, another large topic. The second most common grad degree is a doctoral degree, shortened to the acronym PhD. P and D are actually uppercase, H is lowercase. This is typically a longer degree, roughly three years in most parts of Europe, to my knowledge, and anywhere upwards of five years in the United States. This, they span a wide variety of disciplines, including history, psychology, computer science, engineering, and more. They are more so designed to expand your understanding of a specific subject, and sometimes in a quite more often than not actually in a very detailed way, by building on the knowledge that you gain during your master's program. These degrees are also a requirement for any student who wishes to become a professor or have a career in academia or research-based academia. I have a lot to say about that in future episodes, but bear that in mind for now. One thing that's good to know is that PhDs are, as you probably could tell, not mandatory. Master degrees, master's degrees are not mandatory either, but they tend to be quite popular and beneficial in advancing a career. And of course, they are a far less time commitment than a PhD. One good fact is that although many of those who do complete a PhD go on to work in academia, also known as higher education, this is absolutely not the only available career path. Industries including investment banking, music, management consulting, history, science, physics, and tech are constantly looking for candidates with a specialized academic background. Now, the other side of it is that a PhD should be viewed as if one is really serious about pursuing a specific subject versus maybe wanting to use a degree more so as a stepping stone to get somewhere else more quickly, that is, a master's degree. Another common degree is the JD, also known as the Juris Doctor degree. This is for students interested in a career in law and going to law school and earning your JD is kind of the most common stepping stone towards a legal career. JDs are typically three-year programs and they focus both on the general legal principles as well as specific types of case-based law. And so this degree kind of prepares you to work in many aspects of the legal space to advocate on the, advocate on the behalf of others. One thing to know is that not all lawyers become practicing attorneys. There are other career paths, including, including business and finance, where many non-practicing lawyers also focus on fields like entrepreneurship. Then we have the Doctor of Medicine, called an MD. Like PhDs, these are viewed as very prestigious types of grad degrees. They are typically four-year programs that combine general and specific coursework, as well as clinical practice, while expanding on the knowledge that you gain during an undergraduate biology or pre-medicine education. And they help in developing the skills needed for a career as a physician. It's helpful to know that in addition to earning an MD degree, physicians are also required to complete what's known as a residency or a residency program, which can last between three to four years, and it basically helps a student gain direct hands-on experience in a clin clinical setting. I will be totally honest, I don't know as much in terms of there's something called matching in the whole residency space, where they match you with a school that also is vouching for you. Um, and if you want to know more, I can provide resources for that towards the end, but I don't want to act like I'm an expert on that now. The final degree I'm going to share today 
And similar to an MD program is a DDS program, a Doctor of Dental Surgery degree. This is a structured four-year program combining academic study and clinical practice as well, like an MD, for students interested in going into dental surgery. Dental school teaches patient care, dental anatomy, and kind of helps prepare you for, you know, prepare aspiring dentists for a career as clinicians. Just like medicine, dentistry has a high earning potential, especially if one is specializing in areas like oral surgery. These specializations, however, typically require an additional postgraduate study, but pursuing this also opens up additional career opportunities. I actually find that the site Way Up has a lot of great information on graduate degrees, so check that site out too for more information. And of course, if you have any specific or more personalized questions, you're also really welcome to email us at thisbrowng3 at gmail.com. And we would be not only happy to answer your questions, but chat with you too if you needed some further advice. Okay, (laughs) deep breath again. So with all of that information spewed at you, I will give you a rest and let you carry on with your day. This concludes episode three, part one. However, as you can definitely tell, there's a lot more to break apart here. So if you're interested in knowing more about the first few themes we opened up within this episode, please hit play on episode three, part two. As always, it's a joy and a privilege to produce this content for you listeners. We encourage you to email us at thisbrowng3, number three, at gmail.com if you are interested in learning more about something we've not touched upon yet or maybe didn't go into enough detail about, or just if you have additional questions, thoughts, or ideas. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's always a pleasure. You can find us at This Brown Girl's Guide to Succeeding in Graduate School on Apple Music and Spotify. Until next time.